Y'all good? What up, Eric? What up, RJ? How y'all doing? How's my back row doing? Yeah, yeah. All right. Y'all look good. Y'all got some nice masks on tonight. How's left side doing? Left side, how you doing? All right. How's my, how's my middle section doing? Okay. Baby girl named Imani, how y'all doing? All right. That's wifey. She, she got my back. You see, you see that? She got my back. Amen. Look at somebody next to you say, God is good. Look, someone say next Tuesday. Thank you, Natasha, for announcements. I mean, when she does announcements, listen, we're not the type of church that does announcements to fill a moment in the service. Like, next week is about to be crazy up in hell. We're going to just, we're going to be doing worship, and we're also going to be doing Holy Communion. So that's a moment you don't want to miss. Legit, we're doing like eight to nine songs. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Uh, the, band's, the band's ready. The vocals are getting ready. Um, we got one plan next week. It's just turn up, all right? Look, you should never say turn up. Amen. And uh, hey, for all the info that you just heard, there's a connection table outside, the black table. Man, go in, but hey, how do I get to the podcast? How do I sign up for a hope group? Um, we're excited because our hope groups are going to launch June 7th. It's the summer season, and um, hope groups are moving into homes. Hope groups are, they, they, they typically used to be just guys and some girls separate. This season, we're actually going to have some co-ed groups, so guys and girls together. So you might be in a group with your future wife. I just don't know. Hello. All right? Your baby, your baby boy might be in your group this season. We do not know. All right? Just make sure you register. And, man, we're going to be hanging out. Groups this season is going to be a lot more friendly, uh, a lot more hanging out. Like, there's going to be some groups that just watch TV. Any TV watchers? All right. Some groups are just going to play ball. Where my hoopers at? Some groups are just going to be like painting their nails. Anybody likes to paint their nails? All right. These groups are going to be a lot more relaxed and a bit more relational. And I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. Who's ready for the word tonight? I asked them for a whiteboard. I got so many notes tonight. So if you are on this last like three, four seats, you might want to scoot a little bit in so you can see my notes. This is the only way the board could work in the 360 area. Worship and baby girl, I'll probably just send it to you later. And Monty too, I'll send it to y'all later. Um, but I'm going to do a lot of notes. Look at your neighbor and say, are you taking notes tonight? Are you taking notes tonight? I got two colors because I hated when my teacher only did one color on the board. Anybody else hated that? When your professor or your, your high school teacher only used one color. So I got two, all right? Just for, <laughs> come on now, come on. Two, this is where your tithing goes right here, man. That's what I'm talking about. Um, man, I'm excited to teach. We got so many notes. We got so many Bible verses, okay? So you might not even have time to write down all the Bible verses. Just write down the book and the chapter and the verse. And um, from now to Sunday and now to next Tuesday, man, we take notes just so that we can study our notes. Anybody else? We take notes. I mean, ask your neighbor, are you taking notes or are you just going to leave with a vibe tonight? I don't want to leave with a vibe. I want to leave with a revelation. Come on, somebody. We said this last week. Can God trust you with his words? Can God trust you with a word? I have so many people in this church, young adults in this church, that God started giving them dreams and then God stopped giving them dreams. And they asked me, Pastor, why did God stop giving me dreams? I'm like, did he write your dreams down? They start writing down their dreams. 
They prayed on it and saw it come to pass. And God, watch this, because you were trustworthy, God continued to strengthen the avenue of communication. Because you were trustworthy of the revelation he's trying to give you. Man, every time there's a message, there's a preacher, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's been wrecking me all week. I'm excited to preach this. You guys excited to receive this? Amen. Shout out to all the first-time guests in the room before we start. Can you make some noise for all our first-time guests? We love you so much. We are a church for first-time guests. Um, and listen, we're not just a Tuesday night service. We're a Sunday morning church. I had the privilege of speaking this last Sunday um, at the 1130 English and the 1 p.m. English service. So, man, look at that, man. We got church at, at 1 p.m. For all my, you know, who's a morning person in here? Anybody a morning person? Okay, where are all my regular humans at? You're just not a morning person. All right, I mean, it's just, it's so tough for us to get up and just be like, whoopee, you know? It's like, I need coffee. I need to hear my favorite song. I got to, like, watch waterfalls, and, and then I'll be all right by around 12. Yo, on Sunday mornings, you could do everything you want. I literally see young adults go get breakfast at Kiki's and still make it to church at 1 o'clock for the 1 p.m. service. You don't want to miss Sundays. It's, an also, it's also an opportunity to bring your parents to church. A lot of our, a lot of our young adults, your parents, don't, they, don't, they don't know who Jesus is. So Sundays are a great opportunity to get the family into church. I'm ready to preach. Last week, well, our first week of this series, this series is called This Is Me. First week of our series, Pastor Dennis preached, Where Do We Come From? Last week, I preached a message titled, A Rotten Tree. Tonight, we're talking about discerning the will of God. Write that down at the top of your notes. Discerning the will of God. Before we do anything, before we preach, man, a lot of seeds are going to be thrown out today. Let's pray for the soil, our hearts, to receive it well. Amen? Because tonight, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has been wrecking me up all week. Just, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess right now. Um, and, and, and I really, I, 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 here's what I know tonight, that the Holy Spirit is just going to tug on you in so many different areas. So I pray that we're just so ready. I pray that we're just so receptive to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. Is that cool if we pray? Amen. So let's, let's bow our, if you feel comfortable, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I don't like telling people to do stuff, as if you want to. Uh, God, we love you so much. We thank you for another Tuesday night we get to worship uh, and, and, and be in your house together. I mean, how beautiful is it, right, to gather and to be in your presence. In a year like 2020, we didn't know when this was going to happen again. So we'll never take moments like this for granted, for sure. We'll never take the groups around us like how it is tonight for granted, for sure. Uh, and God, we thank you for this amazing blessing it is to be at your church. We know that a lot of churches around the world still are closed down and are still doing church online. But God, we thank you for Florida being a bit uh, just dope, right? Uh, God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Uh, encourage us, motivate us, but also convict us. I didn't come here really to feel good. I came here, God, to for you to show me what I need to do. And... Um, I pray, God, you have your way. And everyone says, write it down. That's the title, title of tonight's sermon, Discerning the Will of God. Discerning the Will of God. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the board. Uh, discern, what does this mean? Go ahead, put it, put it up, definition, to perceive or recognize. You guys with me tonight? To discern, a lot of people say discern. It's cool. You know, tomato, tomato. You guys, you guys taking notes to perceive? Is that I-E-V-E? Yeah, okay, I got it right. Oh, no, E-I-V-E. Wait, what? I'm going to stick to this one. 
or recognize. Stop it. Y'all with me? To perceive or recognize. Do you know why this, this type of preaching is so, like, awesome for our generation? Um, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, if you were to preach on discerning the will of God, nobody would care. The reason why this is such a hot topic nowadays is because we are a part, we're living in a, in a generation that is, this is a fun word, entitled. We live in a generation that is entitled. We live in a generation that says, I need to know all the details. Don't give me the general idea. Don't point me in the general direction. Show me the details. What's my ETA? Which means estimated time of arrival. And people, they want to know, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? Christian in here, if you've been asking this question and you believe in Jesus, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? I want to encourage you to get off of Twitter. If you're a Christian and you're asking, what does God want me to do? Lord, give me a sign of what me to do. Don't just open your Bible on a random page and say, this is what you want me to do. And Judas hung himself. He's like, oh! Okay, it was definitely not that verse. Flip it again. Okay, God, this is what you want me to do. And do it quickly. Oh, my God. Okay, that's not it. God, what do you want me to do? Whatever you do, just do it well. Do it fast. Oh, gosh. This isn't the word of God. If you are a Christian in here and you ever, if you ever ask that question, what does God want me to do? I want to let you know you can't just open the Bible to a random moment. You can't just look on your ads. Hello, your ads are listening to you. God, do you want me to move to San Francisco? Give me a sign. The next day you're on Instagram, flights to San Francisco. You're like, oh, my God. It's a sign. This is the will of God. That is not the will of God. Apple is listening to you, all right? What do you want me to do, God? Oh, God, who do you want me to marry? What's his name? You know what? I want the details, but I want a little bit, I want a little bit, you know, a little bit of spice. Don't give me the whole name. What's the first letter of his name? You're in worship one day, and they're singing a touch of heaven. The first song, a touch of heaven, is the letter T. Oh, so I guess his name starts with a T. Out of nowhere, some dude follows you tonight. His name is Timmy. You're like, oh, my God, Timmy's my husband. Hey, Timmy, God told me you're my husband. He's like, how old are you? He's like, oh, I'm 25. Timmy's only, you know, Timmy's just turned 18. Timmy, Timmy Turner. If you want to know the will of God, man, let me give this to you. The Bible is so clear, you don't even have to guess. If you're a Christian and you want to know the will of God for your life, the Bible is clear. Christianity comes along and says, open your Bibles. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus talk about? What did, what did Jesus try to do in his life, in his, in his literal legacy? What did he leave behind for us to do? The Bible comes around, Christianity comes around and says, open your Bible, and the Bible will start to tell you what the will of God is for your life. The Bible is so clear of what the will of God is for your life. In the book of Exodus, we get clarity of what the, <laughs> of what the will of God is for your life. And in the book of Exodus, I'm going this side, different color. We get, that's an E, the 10 
Commandments. Who's ever heard of the Ten Commandments? It's not called the Ten Suggestions. It's called the Ten Commandments. Can we read a little bit of Bible tonight? Thank you. We're going to read a lot of Bible. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. So I'm your God and I did something for you. I set you free. Here's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Can I, can I, can I park right there? You're praying for a job. God gives you a job and you worship your job now more than God. You shall not have other gods before me. That's why God says no a lot. That's why God says no, uh -uh, no. Because if I give you that relationship, you'll start worshiping that relationship. Because if I give you that car, you'll start worshiping that car. Because if I give you that job and I give you this opportunity and I give you what you're praying for, you start replacing my big case G God with a lowercase g God. And you shall have no other gods before me. Right there, some of y'all getting messed up. Anybody getting messed up already? You're thinking like, man, I give a lot of worship to myself. I'm probably my own God. I think about myself and what I want to do more than God and what he wants me to do. No other gods before me. This is clarity. This is direction, young adults. This is, woo, clear. Here's another, here's another verse, verse 4. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or above or on earth or beneath or in the waters below. So don't even have a God. Don't even create an idol or, 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 or hold something up that's just weird. Yeah, man, I just, I have this, 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 this stone in my, in my room. It's just, you know, it's supposed to just clear my mind. God's supposed to clear your mind. Oh, I just got this nice tie-dye t-shirt from my elementary school that just really makes me feel, you know, like super nostalgic. And, and it reminds me of like a pure, like what? Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. He's jealous. All right? The best sense of jealous. If anyone should be jealous, it's God, right? He's way better than the competition. Verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord. So God has a name. God, right? Also, God has a name. His name is Jesus. Don't misuse the name of Jesus. This isn't a suggestion. This is a commandment. Don't throw my name around. Don't just say it when you stub your toe. Tighten up, young one. This is my name right here. You guys with me? This is commandments. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses my name. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What's the Sabbath? That's Sunday. Somebody say Sunday. I know our culture turns Sunday to fun day. Sunday fun day, Sunday fun day, Sunday beach day, Sunday hangout day. That's cool. But, hey, keep the Sabbath holy. That's like a calendar adjustment. God, what? It's just a day of the week. Can I get one off? Verse 9, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day in the land of the Lord. Oh, no, on the seventh day of the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. Give that to God. Sacrifice it to God. What God's saying is tithe your time. You tithe your money 10%. You got six days. Tithe, tithe Sunday. Tithe Sunday. Do something that's different. I know a pastor that he paints his fence on Sundays. 
Like, what? Yeah, this is my Sabbath, and I do something, you know, just I pray, and I put music on. And, and, and I know, listen, we're a young adult community. We're on the grind. Some of y'all work Sundays. You can still anoint Sunday. You can still make way Sunday, right? I just get so mad when I pull up to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. I'm like, dang. They really, they really listen to this commandment. The, the GM said, everyone, don't come to work that day. And every other day, there's lines out the street, right? I mean, you wonder why God's blessing that thing. Because there's that sacrifice. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. This is a commandment. What's the will of God for my life? Shut up, mom. I'm trying to discern the will of God. Right? Like, who talks to their mom like that, right? (laughs) Honor. Someone shout honor. Someone shout honor. If something's missing today, our culture doesn't know what honor is. And God says, honor your father and your mother. He's a little key. So that you may live long in the land of the Lord that God has given you. Secret to long life. Honor your father and your mother. It's just, it's not me saying this. This is God. Don't get mad at me. I'm the messenger. Verse 13. You shall not murder. Have you been contemplating, God, should I kill this man? Is it your will? Wipe him out. I'm sorry. Don't, no, it's it's a commandment. You shall not murder. Clarity. Put the gun away. Verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. Sex is meant for marriage. Marriage in the the context of marriage, have sex. Outside of marriage, if you have sex, you're disobeying this commandment. And some of us have sex outside of marriage and we still ask God, what do you want me to do with my life? We have sex outside of marriage, you say, God, so where where do you want me to go? We have sex outside of marriage and we say, okay, God, so what is your will for my life? And it's clear. The Bible is clear. Can I get an amen? It got a little quiet in here. Woo-woo! Verse 15. You shall not steal. You shall not steal. Don't steal. It was just 25 bucks. Don't steal. It was just a pencil. Don't steal. Don't do it. Verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What's the will of God for my life? Clear. Verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet. Covet is like, ooh, that watch look good on her. I want that watch. I want it. My life's incomplete till I have what they have. My life's just a little less up to par until I drive their cars, until I have I wish I had that house. Oh, man, I wish I had his wife. Woo, I'd be chilling if I had his wife. You're disobeying a commandment that was written in stone thousands of years ago. It still stands today. The difference is when you broke the Ten Commandments, there was literally innocent blood that had to be shed to cover the sins of the people of the time. So Jesus steps in as the ultimate sacrifice 
and willingly gives his life. When they grabbed the animals, the animals knew what was happening. My dad was in New York. He was getting chicken from my grandparents. And they were like, yeah, go to the store down the street, make a left, make a right. When you pass, you know, the <laughs> directions in New York, right? If you pass the hobo, you went too far. Turn back around, hit the left, walk in, say you want three chickens. He walks to the door, I want three chickens. They grab three chick literal chickens, slice one neck. My dad's like, oh, my God. Take the second one, slice his neck. Take the third one. By the time the third chicken was going up, it was like, what's up? What's up? What's up? My dad didn't eat chicken for like three months after seeing this. He's like, I'm scarred. That's what, that's what covering sins looked like in the Old Testament. The chicken wouldn't just, no, no, no. It was like, ah! ah don't kill me! No, no, no. Innocent blood had to be shed. It was a weird system for, for, for weird things like sin. Y'all with me tonight? It was a weird system to cover the sins. So Jesus says, I'm not going to just crawl to the altar. I'm not going to just regret. I'm going to walk with him in mind, with her in mind. And I'm going to present myself a man that never sinned, a man that never messed up, the most innocent blood, not just human blood, but I'm also God. And this one sacrifice shall God's covered the multitude of sins, but erase sin, shame, guilt. So I don't know about you, the, the Ten Commandments sound a lot like what not to do. You guys with me? You have things like honor, so do, but like most of them. You're following my train of thought, right? Don't do. Most of the Ten Commandments are like, don't do. Can I, can I bounce around the Bible so you get clear instructions on what to do? Can we do that? Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 to 40. This is Jesus, so this is God in human flesh. This is his son. God, he's, he's God. He's 100% man, 100% God. He came to die for you and I. Jesus, he's sitting around a lot, a lot of people. His disciples are closest to him. He says this, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? You talking crazy. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? They're like, we don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. He clarifies it right here. Verse 40, the king will reply, truly I, I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So he's like, no, 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 I wasn't hungry, but your brother was hungry, and you didn't give him something to eat. Pastor, but what's the will of God for my life? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison. Should I say it again? You guys with me? Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, invite strangers in. Jesus is breaking barriers with this right here. Because he's like, if you did it for the least of these, you're doing it for me. But pastor, what does God want me to do in my life? Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. And you shall not make yourselves unclean with any of the swarming things that swarm on the earth. Woo! I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself. Dedicate yourself. Separate yourself. And 
be kind of holy. No, be holy because I am holy. If God says be holy, he knows that you can be holy. A- anybody else? If God, first of all, if God's commanding me, I know I can do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. How about I say it in the accent that one movie, right? You can do it. Come on, you can do it. He told you to do it. You can do it. What does God want you to do? God wants you to be holy. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Here's another commandment. Don't gossip. Don't gossip. Don't gossip. Don't gossip. But what does God want me to do? Don't gossip. Don't, you're betraying people. Don't be around people that just talk too much, right? You'll get swarmed in. Y'all with me tonight? Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts. Someone say we. Someone shout we. We all have different gifts. There's a reason why y'all all don't have microphones right now. Imagine the church, you walked in, here's your microphone. Next, here's your microphone. Next, okay, here's your microphone. Or here's your drumsticks. Okay, next, here's your drumsticks. Okay, next, here's the anointing oil. We're going to pray for healing. Okay, here's your anointing oil. We're going to pray. No, 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 no. We all have different gifts. We all have different gifts. We, someone say we, have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If his gift is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is to encourage, those are those conversations before and after church when you just feel like you're drawn to somebody. And if you're that somebody, you feel like people are just drawn to you. Like not they're trying to dump all their problems on you, but they feel like there's a call of God over your life. They feel like if they can go to you, they could probably get an answer to what they're going through. Listen, that's not coincidence. That's not because you got a pretty face. You got the gift of encouragement. You have a gift of exhortation. You have a gift of encouraging people. If it's to encourage, let him encourage. If it is to contribute to the needs of others, let him give generously. So if you got a job and you got a bit more money than everybody else, you, you know, you're sitting on six figures. Hello, we're sitting on six figures. Dab on it. Hey, 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 what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? If it is to contribute to the, the needs of others, let him give generously. Let him be like, yo, I got, I got, I got you for lunch. I'm, I'm pretty chilling. Hey, yo, I, I got you for that. Hey, you need help with that? I got you for that. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. Diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Some of y'all just have the gift of mercy. People come to you and they get mercy. Proverbs chapter 3 verses, but what does God want me to do? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Dale explained it earlier in generosity. Here's a question right down in your notes. I'm going to write it down in my notes too. This one's a big one. I'm dyslexic. Do I tithe? God said, give me one day out of the week. That's my tithe, okay? That's worshiping God with my time. But here in Proverbs, God says to worship my God with my wealth and to give 10%. God's not broke. God don't need my money. Thank you, Dale. God don't need my money. I need to be obedient to God. You guys see the the switch in the mentality here, right? God God don't need my money, but I need to be faithful to this thing. I'd rather 90% blessed than 100% cursed. 
I'll take 90% in God's hands any day than 100% just, it can, I don't know where my money goes. You ever said, I don't know where my money goes? Here's my question. Are you tithing? Are you tithing? Tithing is, is, it does two things. It says, God, you're so good. And it says, God, you can trust me for what you're giving me. God, you can trust me for what you're giving me. My wife and I, we take our checks. We go, bam, bam. We add them up. And we say, what's 10% of this number? What's 10% of this number? And we, boom, we give 10%. I mean, it's, now we got it all automated, right? It's automatic. So it just come out of our account just like Netflix. Anybody remember to pay Netflix or Netflix just take your money without asking you? LA Fitness don't ask you, right? They just take it. Crunch does not ask you, can we take the money? No, they just thank you. Why do we give that freedom to everyone else but the God who gave us our job, who gave us our minds, who gave us our car, who gave us our intelligence, who gave us the ability to even work? But what does God want me to do? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I really believe a substitution of the Holy Spirit is being lit and drunk. I, I really believe that. And I know theologians that can back me up, so don't judge me. What's the substitution of the Holy Spirit? It's being drunk and being gone and being wasted. That's why when you, when you feel like you're... you're, you're you're abusing something. You can't get enough. There's people on the other side of that spectrum filled with the Holy Spirit saying, I just can't get enough. You see, the, 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 you see that paradigm, that paradigm, that paradigm. Don't get drunk. It's a commandment. Paul says in the New Testament, hey, so these are all the people that are outside the kingdom of God. When Jesus comes back and gets his church, these are the people outside the gates, the drunkards. Those who commit adultery, those who are living for themselves, those who worship other gods. But what do you want me to do, though? Mark chapter 12, verses 30 to 31. Love the Lord of God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Clarity. Love God with everything. Oh, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Who's my neighbor? Look to the left. Look to the right. Who's my neighbor? Look to the left. Look to the right. And let's just practice the word of God. Look to someone and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. All right, listen. I know you really didn't mean it because the person next to you is kind of scary. I know, you didn't, I know you really didn't mean it right now. But God says to love them like you love yourself. To, to give them love the same way you look at yourself before you leave for work. You go, oh, you cute. Love them like that. Love them with intention. Love them with, give the person next to you the benefit of the doubt. Give the person next to you just an opportunity to, yeah, yeah, you fell, girl, but I believe in you, girl, get back up. The same way you give yourself grace, give someone else some grace. Same way you believe the best is yet to come for you, believe the best is yet to come for your neighbor. But what does God want me to do? Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus' last words, he's, he's died, resurrected, and showed around 500 plus people the holes in his hands. He's talking with people. He's hanging out. This is the resurrected Jesus. He's now ascending. And the book of Matthew chapter 20 is called The Ascension. He's about to beat out, and he's coming back. Anybody believe Jesus is coming back? 
the second coming of Jesus is not a secret coming. It's a public coming. He's coming back, and everyone will see, and everyone will, oh, there he goes. This is right before he leaves. He leaves you with some instructions. But what does God want me to do? Therefore, go. What's the sermon series this Sunday? Go. All right. Don't miss Sunday. Therefore, go and make disciples. Who have you ever discipled? You've been in church. We've been at New Birth for five years. Have you ever discipled anyone? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So it's not just me getting baptized, me getting saved, and me, you know, being taught, but it's also me going and making disciples, me going and making sure they're baptized, me going and teaching them. And that's why people fall away from the church. And I'm not trying to put so much blame on the people in the room, because when people fall away, people fall away. But sometimes people need some follow through. Sometimes people need a, hey, come to church, hey, get baptized, hey, girl, what you doing, hey, what's up, hey, dog, what you doing, bro? Let me show you the commandment. Let me show you the way. I'm only here by the grace of God. You can get here too. Go and make disciples. But what does he want me to do? Acts chapter 2, verses 38. Repent. We learned last week repent in this context has changed your mind. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's my next idea. All these commands from God. And you don't even have to pray about it. You ever been in that place in the moment? So I just got to pray about it. Hey, baptism, you don't got to pray about it. God, should I get baptized? You don't have to pray about it. Next baptism service, you're going to sign up and you're going to dip your body in that water. We're going to figure out a way to do it safely. Hello, right? But man, the new you is coming up and the old you is staying in the water. And you don't even have to pray about it. Next idea, I know, I know what you think the will of God is by what you're doing with your time. I know what you think what the will of God is by what you're doing with your time. So some of us, we have like things we think we believe and things we really believe. We think that God wants us to be happy more than we think God wants us to be holy. So that's why what we do with our time is more involving our happiness than our holiness because that's what we think what the will of God is for our lives is to be happy God's will is not for you to be happy it's to be holy and in the holiness of God you experience the joy that surpasses all understanding I can tell what you think the will of God is by what you're doing with your time man so is is God ever going to tell me the name of my spouse I, I know people that they had a dream one of my friends, he had a dream, and he saw his wife. It was, it was, a, it was a woman from Australia, very beautiful. He was like, wow, there, there's my wife. He goes on a missions trip, and he was buddied with a woman. He saw her, and he was like, that's her. And she looked at him and said, what's your name? He said, my name is, you know, my name is my name. I'm not going to put him on blast. And she goes, God told me a couple months ago I was going to meet someone, and that was going to be my spouse. And right there, I mean, they're about to have a kid. It's going to be awesome. 25 years in church, that's the only time I've seen that. <laughs> like, it happens, but it don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a one in a trillion, dog. Like, 
And some of you are already like, I'm praying for that grace right now. I'm praying. I shall receive that in the name. That saves all the hard work. What does the Bible say? Ephesians 5.25, husbands, here's the command. Love your wife. Just as Christ also loved the church and give yourself up to her. God's probably not going to give you her name, but God's going to say, hey, when you find her, just love her with all your heart. Just like Christ loved the church. Can I give you like a five-point speed round? Christians don't need a crystal ball. <laughs> Some of y'all got to throw y'all crystal balls away tonight. Next one, Christians don't need a horoscope. Oh, wait, oh, wait, you a Pisces? Uh-uh, this is not going to work. You don't sound like a child of God. You sound like the child of the stars. Who are you holding higher? The stars or the God who made the stars? Cut that horoscope crap out, man. Your Twitter's still tweeting for you all these horoscopes. Delete that. Christians don't need a palm read. I just, I just want clarity. And you're wondering why there's demonic oppression over your life. Listen, there's not a demon behind every door, but there's some demons behind some doors. They're not behind every door. But let's not be naive, right? We don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against demons, principalities. Although Jesus has overcome the world, some of y'all battling stuff you open the door to. Christians don't need a lucky charm. Oh, man, for this one basketball, I'm gonna, I need this charm right here. Christians have Christ and his spirit. His spirit. Next idea. God, I told you it's a lot of notes. God won't always reveal the details. That is what faith is about. If God gave you the entire step-by-step -step plan for everything from birth to death, you wouldn't need any faith. 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 We live in a generation that lacks faith, so we want all the details. That's the generation we live in. We live in a generation that lacks faith. That's why our generation wants all the details. How, you know how you're going to stand out to your community? Just have a little bit of faith. You know how you're going to stand out? You know how you're going to leverage your situation to preach the gospel to people who don't know him? You just got to show a little bit of faith. Because everyone wants the details. Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, the evidence of things not seen. So here's a question. Will, follow me. How do I become a discerning person? How do I become a discerning person? How do I become a discerning person? Can I give you six steps to becoming a, a, a discerning person? Because here's the thing. We want discernment on the will of God for our lives. But when I look at the Bible, the Bible doesn't tell me how to discern the steps. The Bible tells me how to be a person of discernment. Oh, that is so key. I probably got to say it three more times before I move on. The Bible doesn't tell me how to discern the steps. The Bible is clear that I must be a person of discernment. The Bible does not tell me how to discern the steps. It doesn't say it. This is how you're going to find your spouse's name in the scriptures. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible is teaching me and guiding me into becoming a person of discernment. Being able to perceive and recognize. 
being able to perceive and recognize. So God's not going to say, wake up at this time, go to this gas station, there's going to be homeless. No, no, no. We just woke up at that time. Okay, God, why did I wake up at 3 a.m.? I think you want me to. I'm perceiving and I'm recognizing I'm going to be obedient. And I went to Shell gas stations just to go, and I saw someone there I went to high school with. God, is this you? No, no, no. I'm recognizing and I'm discerning. God, do you want me to speak to them? The Bible doesn't tell you how to discern every single step. The Bible is teaching you how to become a person of discernment. A person of discernment. A person. You guys ready for this? We're ending right here. Six steps to become a person of discernment. Six steps. First step. Write it down. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Anybody wearing glasses? Shout your if you're wearing glasses. The glasses you're wearing were a thought. People walking around saying, I can't see that exit sign. Do you see that? I can't even see it. I can't see it. Someone had a thought, hey, how about we put these lenses that can magnify. Anybody got a cell phone in here? They're dope, man. Someone thought about that cell phone. Man, what is a way that I can actually call people, right? You remember the first cell phone? I don't remember it, but I saw, I see pictures of it, right? I see videos. And someone thought, how do we make it better? How do we make it better? Thought, thinking, your thoughts your mentality. How many guys drove to church today? You drove to church today. Your car was an idea. It was a thought. It was a thought. It began with someone saying, I'm tired of riding my bike. (laughs) I think we could make this thing go a little bit faster. The chair you're sitting in, someone thought about it and and, and made it happen. Where where am I trying to go with this? That (laughs) the first step in becoming a person of discernment, you got to understand how to manage your thoughts. If you can control your thoughts, you can control your life. (laughs) That was somebody. Because that was for me. Because sometimes I get in this downward spiral of thinking. And I wonder why I make dumb decisions at the bottom of that spiral. It's because I wasn't able to detect that one bad thought led to another bad thought. Led to another bad thought. And I'm thinking wrong, so I'm doing wrong. If you can control your thoughts, you can control your life. Anybody believe that? Here's the Bible verse, Philippians 4.18. Finally, brothers and sisters. If you guys remember a couple years ago, I preached a sermon, What Are You Thinking? You guys remember that? I preached a whole sermon on this one verse. You can find it on the podcast app. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things, beautiful, lovely things, pure things, admirable. That is like a tip so that you don't end up thinking about the bad things. Because here's the thing. When you start to think, number two, steps in becoming a discerning person. When you think wrong, you start to talk wrong. When you think wrong, you say the wrong things. It starts with a thought, and then it comes out your mouth. It starts with what's going on in your mind and your heart, and it comes out your mouth. The Bible says everything that happens in the heart comes out of the mouth. I saw this, and I posted it, and I'll say it today. 
if your words were visible, everything you said ended up on your shirt, what would your shirt look like? Your words are powerful. Proverbs 25, verse 18, telling lies about other, others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I can speak death, or I can speak life. If I'm talking death, it's maybe because I'm thinking death. If I'm speaking life, it's probably because I'm speak because I'm thinking life. So if I'm going to become a discerning person, I love this right here. I love this. So we're going to do a all caps holy. What's the second word? You guessed it. Oh, you guys are Christian. And I'm going to send, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to think? What do you, what do you, what are the thoughts you're bringing into my head? Like right now, some of you guys take notes on Tuesday nights and you take notes of the points that I put up, but you also take, take notes of the points that the Holy Spirit is, is telling you. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to think about? Holy Spirit, manage my thoughts. Help me guide my thoughts. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? God's not going to give you a script of what to say at that job interview. You're going to walk into that job interview and say, Holy Spirit, be my mouthpiece. Lead me. It's not the details. It's becoming a person of discernment. Are you speaking death? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking with clarity? Are you speaking with confusion? The next one starts with thoughts and words, and then we move to our decisions. I'm sorry to everyone who still thinks that the devil made me do it. I'm so sorry that you just got exposed. Why? Because this is the order, my friend. You don't just start deciding things. You thought it. You talked about it, and then you did it. The devil made you do nothing. Your decisions. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. They succeed. Write this down. Check your circle. Who you going to before you make decisions? You going to a crystal ball? Are you going to your horoscope? Things that are aimless, worthless, are you going to people with wisdom? Stop asking for relationship advice from people who are single. Somebody shout amen. <laughs> Sorry. Stop asking for financial advice from broke people. <laughs> like, why would I go to someone who doesn't know how to farm and ask them for tips on how to plant. It's just not going to happen. And the Bible's clear. Without good counsel, your plans will fail. I need advisors. I need people around me. I need coaches. I need, I need help. And I can't do this on my own. Your decisions, man. Your decisions. Here's an idea I have tucked into this one. Your daily decisions are either building you up in your walk or they're breaking you down in your walk. Your daily decisions, your daily decisions. I'm telling you, every day, every decision you make, it's a brick you're laying down. It's a brick. 
And you wonder why there's walls between you and people. You wonder why there's walls between you and God. Because instead of praying, you're just on social media. And then your phone's telling you, you went 15 hours this week on Facebook. You went 27 hours this week on Instagram. And you're wondering why there's a wall up because you're putting bricks down with your decisions. And every day, you're either you're building up your walk or, or your walk with God is just breaking down. Y'all here tonight? Decisions. Decisions. Here's another one. Step four. Your actions. Bless you. Your actions. So this is the will part. We're getting into the, into the will part, right? What does God want me to do? <laughs> Your actions. Holy Spirit, what's the decision you want me to make? Holy Spirit, what are the actions you want me to make? What are the actions? We're almost done. We're almost done. I got two more for you. But before we get into the next one, your actions. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. Here's why you need to walk with wisdom and make the best of your time. Because the days are evil. The days are evil. We're living in, we're living in evil days. And I got to make the best of my time. Is this helping anybody? Five people. Is this helping anybody? There's another one. Your habits. Steps into becoming a discerning person. Your habits. Why do I have this habit? Why do I have this habit? Next idea. Your habits are the addition of your actions. Your habits are the addition of your actions. I saw something weird. Can I talk about weird stuff? They were like, if you use the restroom in the shower, number one. If you use the number one, like you go number one while you take a shower. Every time you take a shower. What happens is you create a different neuron path in your brain. You carve out a neuron path. That's the habit. And, and the doctors say, don't do it. Get out of the shower and then use the bathroom and the toilet. Why? Because you'll start to become the person that when they hear water running, now they got to use the restroom. And how unfortunate would it be, right? To be at a waterfall and be like, oops, I got to go. To be in the pool and be like, oops, I got to go. And, and, and the decision that started off as a man, this is really convenient, just led up to a habit. And now you are controlled by your habits. Your habits, though, let's work backwards, right? Your habits, they're in addition of your actions. Your action was a decision that was manifested through your words that started with a thought. Pastor, I can't stop looking at pornography. It wasn't always a habit, friend. It started off as a thought. And some of you guys are still, like, you're trying to, like, defend your sin. That's when you know you're really deep in a habit. And God, tonight, come on, chains fall. Fear bow here now. Jesus, you change everything. God's going to break some habits tonight. Anybody believe, anybody yesing and amening that? Come on, anybody? God's going to break some habits tonight. 
But I want to let you know the danger in follow, just going down this line. And now you're stuck in something that you can't break out of. It started with a thought, ended with words, manifest, manifesting to decisions and actions. And your actions added up, added up, added up. Next idea, habits are formed through 28 days of actions. So watch this. I know a pastor that said, he, he tells people in his church that don't read the Bible. He says, okay, you forget to read the Bible. I, I get it. Do you forget to eat? And they're like, no, I don't forget to eat. So how about this? Every time you eat, how about you open up your Bible? And go 28 days doing that. And now you formed a habit of when I eat literal food, I also got to eat some spiritual food. And now you have a habit through 28 days of actions. Here's the last one. Gotta go with green. Because I will throw you all off if I do this last one in a different color. Character. I'm gonna do all caps. I can still spell y'all. Character. Can I give a fun example of someone with bad character? Let's say you know someone. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying, let's say you know someone. <laughs> They say you know somebody. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about church services. But let's say you know someone who's always late. And listen, I understand sometimes being late. It happens to me, Ash Molly. I understand that. Sometimes being late. Carlos, I get it. It happens to all of us, right? I mean, sometimes being late. Can I get, a, can I get an Amen. But it's not traffic every time. You know what I mean? Like, it's a Saturday at 2. You know what I mean? Like, what traffic? Where do you live? <laughs> I understand sometimes. All right? I'm not talking about you guys. You know someone, right? You know someone who's always late. And, and here's the thing. When someone has a habit of being late, it becomes their character. They're always late. Some of y'all can't break your character so much, you're going to be late to your own funeral. So the hearse caught a flat tire. We have no idea what happened. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Like, when you're late, and it's just in your nature, it's your character, you... It's something deeper than just choosing to be late. You don't value that person's time at all. You don't respect their schedule enough to be there on time. I understand sometimes I get it. Every time, though, it's a character flaw. It's a character issue. You don't respect their space. You don't respect their time. You don't respect their schedule. And listen, your job will expect you to have good character, and they'll fire you if you don't. Like, to get hired, they'll be like, hey, so are you a person of integrity? They don't ask you that. They'll be like, how are you going to handle this situation? How are you going to do that? But if you're a person without integrity and they find out in the job that, you know, you're just not integral, you're not, like, wholesome, when someone's there and when someone's not, they'll fire you. Bad character will be the biggest thing stopping you in your walk with God. Bad character, I'll put it this way, bad character will derail your life and close God's doors. How do I know this is true? Because I lived longer than five seconds. 
God's way more concerned with who I'm becoming than what I'm doing. And if I have bad character and I walked into a position that God wanted me to be and I'm not who God wanted me to be, that door that God opened was shut in my face. It's going to shut. It's going to shut. Some people are just really mean. And then they're rude. Some people, we did this one right, late. <laughs> That's a fun one. Some people are just haters. Some people are just impulsive. Some people are just angry. Some people are just lustful. Some people are just addicted. And it didn't, it, it wasn't always this. You guys follow me. It, it, it was a habit from an action, from a decision, from your words, from a thought. But God, what do you want me to do? Romans 8, chapter 14. For all who are led by God's spirit, you guys following me, are God's children. For all who are led by God's spirit are God's children. So this is how I know I'm, I'm on the right path. When the Holy Spirit, man, I need you in my thoughts. Am I thinking of good things, noble things, pure things? I need you in my words. What am I talking about? What are my conversations about? I need you in my decisions, my actions, my habits. Holy Spirit, I need you in my character. Who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Come on, if you receive tonight, can you just shout and give praise to God? Come on, anybody in the room? Just shout. Come on, you can do better than that. If God's just like...